it's great to have you on. Um, I'm going to talk about your whole uh, background in boxing and the influence you had on me and many others in a moment. But how you been overall? What have you been doing? It's cold outside. The world's all messed up. What have you been doing to pass the time, brother? Well, you know, I got to be honest, John. I, I, I've been turned off by what's going on uh, in the world today. And I, I've been just trying to hang tight, you know. And, but I got to be honest, you know, uh, the way it's kind of turning right now, it's 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 hard for me, you know. And uh, um, especially uh, with what we've been seeing. And, and I think the thing that bothers me the most is the lack of uh, live fans being allowed to be there. Because anybody out there that's never been to a live boxing event they don't understand what I mean, but anybody that has been does. There's nothing. There's no other sport that's like boxing to watch live. Well, I agree with you. I mean, you know, I've been around a lot of spars, involved in spars myself, and you know, I like the intimacy of that, and you, you hear the sounds and the impact. Boxing, you know, does need that crowd, especially for the big fights, you know, and to drown down some of the commentators that we listen to nowadays. We'll talk more about that later. Oh, that was, you're going to, okay, I'll be honest. <laughs> I know you will. That's why I love listening <laughs> to you. You know, um, football has really affected me, though. I mean, one sport that I was really engaged in with this year, for whatever reason, was baseball. And, you know, I'm a Yankees fan. First of all, I know you're an Ets guy. Jets, Mets, by the way, the Jets this year, woo! Oh, man. <laughs> Listen, I I've been a Jet fan since Joe Namath won the Super Bowl. I was eight years old. Never thought that I would live the rest of my life uh, with what we've been going through. And, and the worst part is is my kids are Met, uh, Jets fans and Mets fans and my grandkids now. So I I've tortured them, too. <laughs> so here's what's up guys uh you know talking boxing with billy c uh great all-star lineup of great people that are involved sal dax alex emily you know just the list goes on and on of all the great shows that you've done over the years and what i like is that you keep it real but you keep it real logical you don't do things in my opinion billy to you know uh, force someone to accept your opinion or be controversial to get someone's attention. You speak the truth. You know, you shoot from the hip. And the way you break down fights, Sal Senecola always would mention, like when you do a preview or review, whether you agree with you, Billy C, or not, it's very thorough. It's very in-depth. So I want to ask you a couple questions about boxing. First of all, what got you into boxing? What got your love affair started? Well, that's a that's a tough question. Um, I, I guess really what got me into boxing was uh, watching Muhammad Ali fight Jimmy Young. I remember watching it on uh, ABC Wild World of Sports, and uh, I, I, you know, I mean, I had uh, known who Muhammad Ali was, of course, but I watched Jimmy Young beat the snot out of him, in my opinion, and I remember turning to to my dad and saying. You know, what's up? You know, why did Ali get the decision? And and he's like, well, you know, the unwritten rule in boxing is, you know, you got to knock the champion out, you know. And, and I just started following it ever since, you know. And uh, that was the case until Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard. And what uh, prompted you to get your start into promotional field? Because obviously you've done promotions before. Um, you worked with Sal, who I'd mentioned before, in promotions, obviously in management to a certain degree, right? Um, 
Also, the radio show. I mean, you've been one of the longest running, if not the longest running showrunners for this podcast game and, and uh, radio show. So what, what got you involved in trying to take it a step further from just being a fan? Well, I, I've been involved in boxing in every aspect, uh, promotion. You know, I, I wrote my book, uh, uh, management. Uh, the only thing I never did was a trainer, and I never, I, I never claimed to be a trainer. Um, the radio show was was kind of my cousin Jeremy, who's involved with the show. Jeremy C. We had invested uh, in a gym in Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, called Snoop's Gym, and uh, we were trying to figure out a way to promote it. And uh, Jeremy said to me, you know, hey, you know, we always wanted to do a, a, a radio show. Why don't we do this new thing? It's a new technology called podcast. And I was like, oh, it's podcast. You know, remember, John, we've been doing this show for 17 years, you know. So uh, I said, sure, you do it all. I'll do I'll do the, the show, you know. So we started off. Uh, he got us uh, landed on a uh, an Internet uh, radio station. Um, and we were doing, uh, I think we started out a half hour once a week. It became an hour once a week, then two hours. And, and then we went daily and it's just, it's, it's blown up ever since. You know, the one thing I will say is our biggest goal in, in the show was to get on, you know, regular radio. All right. I mean, we were podcasting and everything else in the beginning and all I wanted to do was get on the radio. And we ended up getting on 33 uh, stations throughout the U.S. and Canada. And then it's kind of funny because it's turned around. Like like now, I, radio doesn't mean anything to me anymore. It's the podcasts and, and, and the YouTube uh, channels, which, uh, which you know, we, we try to, you know, promote as much as we can. So it's weird how it was. And, and the TV, I, when, we, when we hit the TV uh, networks, that was great. But I'm telling you, the podcast is is where it's at, man. Oh, I could not agree more. I mean, for me, I've been in the podcast game now a year solo, but I worked for other outfits before in the past. And the thing is, I've noticed that the iHeart, you know, listens that I get and the Spotify listens are way, way high in comparison to some of the other platforms. Um, it's all about finding the right platform and finding the right audience. And you certainly did because – you get great emails that you always respond to, and I always appreciated that when you do that for your listeners because it makes a connection. Um, you guys are very old school in that matter, uh, whereas it's a radio show, yes, but it's also a very interactive show. And that's what I always thought was great. You also mentioned your book, From Bondage to the Baddest Man on the Planet. Uh, can uh, Very interesting story here. Can you tell the listeners about that and what, what inspired you to write that book? Well, Tom Molino, I, I tell you, it's very simple. I, I was I had picked up this the, the Boxania, all right, um, was written by uh, who's regarded as really the first uh, sports guy. His name was Pierce Egan, and he uh, created this uh, uh, series of books called Boxania. And I got my hands on a copy, and there was a a, a cat up in uh, Toronto who was in the process of, of republishing Boxania. And I, I somehow, I, I can't even recall how I met the guy, but um, he, he ended up, I, I bought the first copy, and then he sent me, before he released the other two, 
he sent them to me. So I had the full three sets, uh, the full three books of, of the set. They, they ended up with a couple of more, but the ones that Pierce Egan uh, wrote were, were the first three. And then, unfortunately, uh, Scott passed away and never released it. So I ended up with these three copies. And basically, it was a chronicle of the sport of boxing from its beginning in the 1700s in England uh, through Pierce Egan's life. And he was a ringside reporter. You know, he was covering all these fights. Well, anyway, I was flipping through, and it was written, uh, you know, in that style, 1800 style, sort of like uh, the Bible is written. So you, you really had to, you know, decipher what, what the terms meant. And I was flipping through it one day. And I started reading about Tom Molino and his fight with, with Tom Cribb uh, for the championship. And considering that Tom Molino was described as, as the black, uh, his, his skin was as black as coal. I mean, that's the way he was described. And Tom Cribb, on the other hand, lily white, milk-colored uh, milk skin, you know. And, and I'm reading, as I'm reading the story, they start describing this one round. And they, they said that both combatants uh, inflicted so much damage on them and they were on each other and they were covered in blood that you couldn't tell the two apart. It amazed me. And I said, I got to know more about this guy. And it took seven years of research to find out everything I possibly could about Tom Molino. And I, I don't know if you've ever read the book, but it's only 200. It's not even uh, it's just about 200 pages. That's it. Um, and it, it's all based on, on the research and fact that I uncovered. I, I, I actually was going to write, I was going to embellish a little more about, you know, what might've taken place. Like for example, his, his ship ride from, from New York to England. Um, you know, I was, I, I was going to say, well, you know, and, and, and know what it probably was like. Um, but I was asked uh, to write a shorter version of the book that appeared in uh, Uncrowned Champions, a, a book by Colleen Acock and uh, her partner. And um, when I was breaking down all the way my book was originally laid out, I decided, you know what, I'm going to get rid of all the embellishment and I'm just going to print um, the facts that I had uncovered. And that's what the end result was. It, it's Hey, listen, it's not going to win any literary awards, but uh, it's the type of book that uh, once you start reading, you can't put down. And, and I'm not saying that just because I wrote it. I, people, everyone that has pretty much has liked it. Well, you know, that's the thing I was saying about the way you describe fights and previews and reviews. You're very good at that. And uh, being someone that is a reader and a writer myself, I, I pay attention to the detail. And like you said, you narrowed it down to only 200 pages. So that really cuts the fat on a lot of things that, you know, maybe you wanted to talk about and deserves credit to talk about. But you also have to target an audience when they listen. Um, the thing that really astonished me is. I don't know if I got this right, but I, I think I do. 35 rounds Tom fought for that night. Yeah, for the title. Did you read the book? Do you have a book? I don't have a book. All right. You you email me your address. I'll send you a book. Because oh, dude, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much. You got to read it, and then we talk. Because <laughs> the thing is, is and, I, and I'll let a cat out of the bag. We've been trying to, and we're real close to, to making the book a movie. Um, in uh, uh, in England, there there's some strong interest in it, and 
really, you know, my goal with the book was to get his story out. First of all, he should be considered the first American heavyweight champion. Forget black, forget white, because unfortunately, uh, the International Boxing Hall of Fame and even the bogus bare knuckle boxing hall of fame, they don't even have him listed as the first champion, let alone, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a black champion. He's not even listed as the first black champion, you know, so he never got the credit that he deserved. And when you read the book and when you read the fight, specifically the, the first title fight, he won the fight three times, John. Three times he won the fight and they, they robbed him of it. And finally, he just, uh, you know, he ran out of gas and it was uh, it, it was it was terrible. You know, but the book is I can't good. wait to read it. I can't wait to read it. And uh, I'm noticing a picture of Mike Tyson in the background there. Uh, we talked a little bit about recent boxing, your thoughts on things. Uh, how did you feel about the Tyson Jones fight? <laughs> well, I knew what it was, man. So, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Mike, listen, Mike Tyson is one of my favorite all-time fighters. Um, you know, and that's what the sport is missing now, John. What we don't have, what, what we have today is we have, and, and, you know, I hate to sound like, uh, you know, my grandfather or, you know, the old guy, but I guess I've become the, I've, I guess I've become the old guy. But the truth of the matter is, I am an old guy, but the truth of the matter is, is that Mike Tyson was a character and people loved watching him, whether they loved him or hated him. You know, I don't think I ever remember another fighter that people could shell out X amount of money, 100 bucks, let's say, and watch 30 seconds of, a, of an annihilation and walk away thinking they got their money's worth. You know, um, you know, guys, you know, I, I, I hate to mention his name because, you know, I hate him. But Floyd Mayweather, right? I mean, <laughs> he, he ruined the sport. And, and I say that really seriously um, because... If you look, and, and, and I credit him for being uh, a, a smart businessman. He's made buku dollars. Um, but what's happened is everybody wants to be like him. They all want to be his success. When Whether you love him or hate him, there's only one Floyd Mayweather Jr. And, you know, I, for these guys to do what they're doing is ruining the sport. That king of the mountain, I'm the heavyweight champion of the world. You're probably too young to remember. But, you know, when, when you're a kid playing on a playground, and, you know, you're playing king of the mountain. You're throwing other people off. You know, at the end of the day, I'm the heavyweight champion of the world. That's That was the biggest crown that you could have, you know. And uh, now it's like, well, how much money can I make? If I can make, uh, you know, X amount of money and fight the least, you know, challenging guy, I'm going to do it. And that's what they all do. So you're not excited for Mayweather versus Jake Paul? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what else too if you order now you save they have the balls to say sorry i don't know uh no you could you can say anything you want on here it's um, fine <laughs> they have the balls to say it's 24.99 now but if you wait till the fight the first no they said 24.95 for the first million subscribers uh, they're not going to do a million buys they're not going to do a million buys i I'll, I'll tell you right now they're not going to do a million buys because a lot of people are on to it, okay? Mike Tyson, they uh, Alex Papali, who's who's my main man, part of my show, um, said to me, ah, what do you think? And I said, Dick, Tyson's going to do at least a million buys. He did 1.2, between 1.2 and 1.5 million buys just because he's Mike Tyson. And I got news for you. Everybody that watched your fight, and I'll ask you a question. Did you really expect more than what you saw? 
You know, I did like what I saw from a nostalgic value, like the nostalgia to the fight building up. I did like that everywhere I went in Vegas, out here where I live, all the bars, everyone wants to talk to me about it. I'm like, guys, these are guys that, you know, are in their 50s, well, way past their prime. I'll watch it for, you know, nostalgia and entertainment. Uh, I did think that Mike would win. I did think that Mike won the fight. They gave it a draw. Uh, but I think Roy was very apprehensive. But you can't really, you know, take anything, in my opinion, away from that fight other than the fact that respect to both of them, they showed up. Mike is in great shape. And considering the the life path that he's been on since, you know, uh, many tragedies that have been highly documented, I don't have to even go there. It's for him to be at this stage where he seems very peaceful, sometimes, you know, a little bit very peaceful with the peace pipe, but... Hey, man, if it works for you, you know, and you're not hurting anyone, you know, uh, so be it. But they are in the hurt business. And uh, Roy, I thought, evaded a lot of shots that night to stay away from getting hurt. I I, I think it is what it is. It was an exhibition. Um, Mike Tyson looked phenomenal in terms of being in shape. I'm 59 years old, so I can appreciate it. Um, but I was not shocked. I, I, I was a little pissed off about the result because – like you, I, I thought Mike Tyson won the fight hands down. Um, I was surprised that the judges, especially Vinny, um, because Vinny Paz, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know what I got? I have a ton of interviews over the last 17 years. When I used to do a lot more interviews than I do now. And I have some classic interviews and several of them with, uh, with Vinny Paz. And a couple with a lot of guys that are champions today, like Danny Garcia, or or he was a champion. Danny Garcia, Andre Berto, before he became a champion. I mean, Yuri uh, uh, Gamboa, when he first swam over on the raft of coconuts. I mean, uh, all, all, all of that stuff, I mean, we have. And uh, I've been always threatening to, to put it all together. Uh, but there's just so much time involved, you know. But... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I love the sport, and I'm uh, I'm going to miss it, that's for sure. You know, it, it's hard to do to put all that together. You know, I've been trying to do that. I've been doing something I called Run It From The Vault, where I have interviews, Pacquiao, Mosley, Holyfield, all great stuff. And it's an honor to be able to go back. And But I am using an old-school hand recorder that I'm hooking up to a USB through my computer, and it's, like, wired up like a hospital patient, like whenever I'm doing these things, it's like, I got wires everywhere. I'm tripping over stuff. I'm falling down, tripping over shit everywhere. You know? So what I'm trying to do is run all those things back, but it's a lot of things to go through. It's a whole lot of content. And I know your extensive background. Um, you did mention Danny Garcia in that last comment that you made. What was your thoughts on how Spence looked? I thought he looked good. He dominated the fight. I thought he won every round. Um, my my buddy Larry Hazard, who I love, I mean uh, Larry Hazard and I are tight. Um, and uh, I said on my show last week, um, you know, Larry Larry found two rounds to give him, man. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's a, you know, when you score in a fight and it's entertaining, and you know, it's seemingly one sided. You find you look for rounds to give to the other guy, and I think Larry did that. Um, which is uncharacteristic of him, um, but I get it. You know what I mean? And I didn't. I, I, I love Danny Garcia. I'm not a huge fan of Errol Spence, um, 
I, I think he's talented, and I and I think he has to fight TC T- Terence Crawford. Um, you know, we have to make the fight. You know, and that's something, John. I, I tell you something, my man. That's what's missing in the sport today. And you know, if you would have asked me in 1986, when you were probably still you know, with training wheels on your bike. Uh, <laughs> the truth of the matter is, in 1986, and I don't mean that in any negative way. I'm, oh, of course, brother. Kidding with you, my man. But, but you know, if you would have asked me in 1986, if I thought, and I and I and I've said this to people, if I thought I was witnessing the last great era of boxing, I would have laughed. I would have said, "What do you mean this?" The 80s, you, you think this is great? And I would have started, you know, Sonny Liston was one of my favorite fighters, you know. You know, uh, watching uh, Ali and Joe Frazier and Kenny Norton and, and Ernie Shavers. Ernie Shavers was was on my show a bunch of times he, when we were doing a Hall of Fame. We had a Billy C. Hall of Fame at one point. He came. Uh, he would fly anywhere for me if I if I asked him. I mean, you know, and, and, and those guys, the mentality of those guys, and even with my man Sal, um, you know, the mentality was different today. It's, you know, the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, Jr. Remember, this is what I'm going to tell you. Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, Jr. Is the culmination of what has happened to us as a society, not just boxing. Everybody gets a trophy and, you know, uh, everybody went, uh, who won? It's a draw. It's a draw. You know, and Vinny Pazienza. It, it voted, you know, that he, 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 that's a draw, you know, even Christy Martin, who I can't stand, I'll admit, sorry, Christy, you know, uh, you know, even her, she, if she wouldn't have made a nickel without Mike Tyson, how could that, you know, and, and then Chad Dawson, I don't know how they, you know, I guess the janitor wasn't involved, uh, wasn't available. So they asked Chad Dawson to be a judge, but I mean, how do those three end up with a draw? I mean, it, because it was predetermined, right? I mean, come on. Every one of those, every one of these that we're going to see from here on out is going to be a draw. Nobody's going to win it. You know, it's funny. You reminded me a lot of George Carlin there, my favorite stand-up. And he's like, everyone gets a trophy, you know. Whatever happened to you're a loser, Bobby, you lost. <laughs> like, Hey, you know what? You, you know what they used to say? The guy who the second place guy is only the first loser to cross the finish line, right? You yeah, know. exactly. George Carl was the best. I got to see him a couple of times. He was he was the best. I'll probably fuck this up, but he says the kid that swallows the most marbles shouldn't grow up to have kids of their own. Like <laughs> when he just threw out philosophies like that, Carlinisms, if you will, that he was just so ahead of his time. And if you watch some of his, I'm a big stand up. Uh, comic fan, it really holds up, and it's actually kind of like predicts the future. It's pretty crazy. Uh, I'd recommend going back and watch it. If people have not watched them before, check out some of George Carlin's work, especially from the mid-'80s to uh, the early 2000s, and unfortunately he succumbed to uh, his illness. And I believe, what, what year was that, Billy? About 2006 or seven. I forget, um, I forget yeah. the but the poor guy had like six or seven open heart surgeries. Right. And he he uh, he used to say, "You're right, man. You're right." Because he used to say shit like, "You know, uh, the bread, the bread one." I loved. He used to say, "You know how 
take the bread, you know, you open up a loaf of bread, you skip over those first shitty three slices of bread to get to the good bread in the middle, you know? And it's like you crack up because everybody fucking does that, you know? I mean, everybody does that, you know? I'm not getting in the plane. I'm getting on. No. I was going to say the same thing. Let evil Knievel get on the plane. <laughs> I'm getting in the plane. And then when he does this whole little bit about the stuff, well, you know, you take all your stuff, you you, you lock your house because you don't want anybody to take your stuff, you know, and then if you're going to go away, you put some of your stuff in the suitcase. And then, you know, if you're a woman, you take, uh, well, you, you shouldn't say that. If you, if you have a pocketbook, uh, you put some of your other stuff in there, you know, so no, nah, he keeps saying more stuff, you get more stuff. <laughs> Oh. I, I mean, his thing is like poetry. You know, he just uh, he had such a command and a great hybrid of taking on political issues, religion and just straight up just raw dog humor, like just like throwing things out about sexuality and just fun stuff and very controversial. Even the last one he did was great. When he was talking about when, you know, a time lapses after a friend passes away, how long do you delete them from your cell phone? You know, <laughs> that was such a great fit. Yeah. I, you okay. know, That's and when he, when he's talking about people like Y2K, whatever happened, whatever happened, you know, like it, he's just a remarkable, remarkable comedian. Um, getting back to boxing real quick. We'll wrap up on a couple uh, thoughts about fights. This year, I, I like Zapita and Baranchek. That was a barn burner. Uh, I thought Lopez and Lomachenko was a lot of fun. Estrada and Quadros 2 was great. We got some other fights on the calendar. Uh, the return of Canelo, uh, Triple G, coming back the night before, I believe. We got Joshua Pulev this weekend. After all the madness that I just des uh, described right there, because it's been a crazy year, has there, any, has there been any fights? to you that you really enjoyed in any fight that stands out now that you really want to see oh wow I that's know. a question brother because like i opened up uh i'm having a hard time with the sport and just what's going on and uh you know i i i gotta give canelo credit um I, you know i've been involved with um Canelo, uh, when he was with Golden Boy, I, I've I've covered and and done some of um, the shows in Vegas, which were all great. Um, which you know, obviously you you lived there, and and I got to tell you something. I came so close from from. I just saw I had property up in uh, the northern part of Nevada that I, I it was in the middle of nowhere, nowhere's near Vegas. But man, that's the town I I, I love. Vegas is my I mm -hmm. love. But anyway. Um, I think, you know, Canelo, I, I got to give Canelo credit. I, 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 he really, this is a guy, he may be selective with what he does to a degree, but he certainly challenges himself. And I think he's the only one that does. Um, Lomachenko, love Lomachenko. Um I, I thought that Lomachenko challenged himself to the point where he fought a young, bigger guy and came up short. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. That's the problem with the sport today, brother, that people think that you lose and it's over. Oh, you're, you're a bum. He was exposed. You know, I hear it. I think the biggest problem I have with the sport today, really, and I could say Floyd, I could say the way the, the, the crowds are, but... It's the fan. The fan has become, because of uh, social media and, and, and the internet, 
we got a lot of know-it-alls out there. You know, you know what really pisses me off? Uh, you know, when when I get a comment, and and I it never used to bother me, but when I get a comment from some, you know, whatever, that says, "Oh, you don't know boxing," I I I, I just I say to myself. What the fuck do you know? You know exactly. I mean, I mean, okay. Opinions, like you said earlier. Yes, everybody's got an opinion. I'm not going to knock you for your opinion if you don't agree with me. That's what makes. Listen, you asked me about my show. I tell you what. What we decided when we were going to do the show. When when Jeremy said, "How do you want to do it?" I said, "I tell you what. My premise for a boxing show is I want to do a show." That is basically like two guys sitting at a bar, having a drink, talking about boxing. That's what I want to do. Salute and Jendon, brother. <laughs> exactly. 100%. I said, said, I said, that's what I want. I want it because when you got two people, they start talking about boxing. You know, they could be talking about a current fight. Next thing you know, they're talking about historical events. That's what I wanted to do my show about. And that's what's missing today. You know, you got these kids, uh, and, I, and I hate to say it, you know, I don't want to sound uh, as old as I am, but the kid, oh, you don't know boxing. Oh, yeah, you don't know this. What, what, because I don't agree with you? You know, when, when, when I say, oh, I don't like Floyd, I get comments like, oh, you're a racist. I'm a racist just because I don't like Floyd? How, how can I be a racist? I mean, I, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. I, it just, it burns me up. And it's, and I got to be honest, I, I'm going to tell you on your show that, and it's probably uh, something I should have discussed with uh, my team first, but I, I, you're going to be the first one that's going to hear it, and I, and I shit you not. We're done with the Billy C. Show. Um, we are going to continue through this year, and then uh, 2021, uh, chances are uh, we may do a show from time to time. But the fan base and the way the sport is going has got me so turned off. And, you know, it, it's, it's not as easy as people think to do a show. To prepare for the show and, and, and to produce a quality show is not easy. I mean, you know, I watch some of these uh, other shows and, you know, you got a guy sitting in a car with his cell phone. Oh, I'm doing a show. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not a show, you know, not to me, you know. So, um it's predominantly because of the fan base, the lack of knowledge, um, and it bothers me that much. And I just feel that a boxing fan, and 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 I'm a football fan like you, and I'm a baseball fan like you. Um, uh, but you know, the truth of the matter is, there's no sport like boxing that requires some knowledge of the history of the sport. Read a book, you know, learn about. It. You know, for when when I hear people say. Well, if I can't watch a video, uh, you know, if I can't make a judge, you know, judge for myself how good a fighter was, you know, I'm like, what are you talking about? Before, you know, Jack Johnson, for example, there was no video. So you got to go by all of the articles that are written about. You know, I uh, one of the things I and you'll see and when I send you my book, do me one favor, read it from cover to cover, including. You know, like a lot of people, including myself, you skip over some of the preface and, and some of the other kind. Read it cover to cover because there's a spot in there where I kid you not, when I released the book, um, I had uh, a guy. Uh, I released, I put it in here. It was before I released. I was talking about the book and I, I was pr promoting a little before it came out. 
And I had a, a, a listener email me and said, oh, I want to learn more about Tom Molino. Can you send me any video clips? Video? <laughs> it wasn't even newspapers, you know? I mean, it was like, you know, video clips. We're talking about 1810, you know? But uh, um, anyway. It uh, makes you wonder about sometimes, like, you know, I stay away from negative comments. You know, they do come through every once in a while. And it's ridiculous, like, some of the things people will say. They're like, this is a fake show. Did you really have this guest on? I'm like, what are you, a fucking moron? You could see me and them together. We're going back and forth. We're having fun. They're referring to me by my name and my geography location in Vegas. And we're talking, like, I'm not going to bother with that kind of bullshit because it's negative. What happens is a lot of people... I think they're just trolls. Like, I mean, you guys, I'm, I, I've, you know, been listening to your show now for three years. And it's ironic that I, the next question I was going to ask is that you said you had made a point that uh, you're going to miss boxing. So I took the hint. I'm like, and I kind of saw that it was coming with you guys. But I want to say that your listening audience, I think, are always those of the more intellectual fight fans because – you're, you guys got that diehard show. You break down a fight, Billy C, and review it with your cast of characters. I'm not going to say they're characters. They're they're great personalities. They're great oh, no. intellectual people. They're characters. Okay, yeah, they're characters. You meet them in person. Now, when we were all in Vegas, and uh, you know we're we're at, we're having fun. Trust me, we're characters. You know, I could see that. I'd love to hang out with you guys. Uh, you know, in better times, uh, like I said. Yeah, not to Vegas. I just told you it's my favorite place. Bring me anytime. I mean, I live 15 minutes from the strip. I've been out here for uh, almost six years from uh, originally New Jersey, like I mentioned before. And I love it out here. If you have a good head on your shoulders, I mean, every once in a while, you know, you go out there and maybe you spend a little bit too much. But I, I got to say, it's beautiful. Uh, the property taxes are low. Think things are just a little bit more affordable. It's weird over here now. Because the way of the world right now, Billy, see, I'm going to tell you, it makes no sense. Like, you could go to a casino and sit at a slot machine, right? And, you know, you could smoke cigarettes and all this type of stuff and do all these things, you know, but you got to mask up the whole time. You walk five feet away from that said slot machine into a restaurant, it doesn't matter. You could have the mask off. Everyone's on top of each other. It's, it's a very weird time right now, brother. It is, you know, and the thing is, is, you know, it is a bad time and people have to be cautious. But at the end of the day, it, it it's related to boxing. And I say this because just like we were joking around about everybody gets a trophy as a society, we've become weak. You know, there's certain uh, political uh, figures or just opinions that people say, well, you know, can't go outside. You know, you got to stay in a house. You know, you know what? We're going to run and hide. You know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is if somebody said to me, hey, the plague is outside. If you go outside, you take a break, a breath, you're going to drop dead. I, I, I won't leave my house. But, you know, if I got to run the risk of, of you know, doing what I got to do to, to live a normal life, I'm going to do it. And and that's my thought, you know, and uh uh, it's, it's a shame and, and you're right. You're right. Um, it's, uh, it's a trying time for sure. And I, and I, I love got, Vegas. Love it. Love it. I, I got two things to throw at you before I let you go, brother. Um, 
I saw someone the other night when I went out to dinner at a local casino over here sitting down on a slot machine and hitting a cigarette through their mask. How, does that, like, how did that happen? That's how did that happen? So well, now I got to watch him. That's an extra filter, right? You know, so I'm watching him. I'm like, he's clearly drunk. Like, is he going to go back for another one? Not only does he go back for another one, he starts to drink through the mask. I said, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I said, uh, I said, you know what, brother? Yeah, these are the times we live in. I, I went and worked out, you know, uh, yesterday. I'm going to go work out in a little while. And I'm running on a treadmill with a mask on. It, it's okay, kind of, but not really. And then when I get done with the run, it's like I feel like, oh, man, I, it would be so much more beneficial if I didn't have a mask on. But what I'm telling people is, you know, definitely mask up. I'm not saying don't mask up. But I think there's certain situations, like if you're A, smoking a cigarette with a mask on, depending on the cloth material, you maybe light yourself on fire. You got to be careful about that. <laughs> you know, you got to inhale some shit. B, I wouldn't recommend drinking liquor through a mask. I recommend that's fine, you know, if you're of age, of course. And, you know, just more common sense like if you're gonna go for a run running with a mask on man shit but anyway billy see i got a couple more questions for you music uh what kind of music do you like uh you know i'm an old school guy i love beatles i, I love the beatles you you can't play a beatles tune i don't like uh love the rolling stones you know i like all kinds of music to be honest with you there's, there's some newer stuff i like uh, but I, what do I listen to? I, I'm listening to uh, Sirius uh, Beatles Station. I like the I like the uh, Little Stevens Underground Garage. They play some uh, cool stuff on that. Um, I don't know, man. Pretenders, I like. Uh, you know, Billy Joel. Love Billy. Oh Joel. yeah, Billy Joel is amazing, dude. Yeah. I've seen him many times. Uh, you know, I was at a concert uh, a couple years back. Uh, that was wow a couple years back now i'm showing my age a little bit because this was like 2002 i'm 42 just for the record uh so i, I ran into frank vincent 42 time. 42 i think my t-shirt's 42 years <laughs> so i mean billy joel i mean liberty devito i'm a drummer oh liberty yeah liberty was was his one of his favorite drummers on that that's been with him for years i've heard him say it many times Liberty had such a what we call a pocket, a groove, uh, power. He had so much power and finesse, a hybrid of both. And that's what boxing is in a lot of ways, right? You got to be able to every once in a while do a light little, you know, touch you up and then come in with the hard shot. Um, what about uh, TV shows or movies? Are you watching anything right now to pass your time? You know what, dude? I, it's funny you ask me. I, I can't watch anything unless it's on Turner Classic Movies. I love the old black and whites, Humphrey Bogart, you know, uh, all of those movies. I, I just, I don't know what's happening to me. Maybe it's the age or, or what, but I, it's like I'm I'm trying to go back in time, you know, and uh, uh, I, I love the old stuff. I love the old stuff, man. I not that I, I listen, I'm not, no, no, listen, I was in a computer business for years, so technology is is not something I'm not familiar with. You know, I'm I'm probably more uh, technologically, if that's the cor correct word, inclined than most people my age. You know, but um, you know, I, I I like the old stuff. You know, I, I like the old stuff, but I do like Planet Thirteen. I'll tell you that. 
You know, it's funny you said about pronunciations because I, I mean, you we know, both have crazy last names. You know, I'm the murderer of the English language. I'm like Slip Mahoney at the Bowery Boys, but I am too. But we both have last names that are very hard to pronounce. Right? right? Signorella, you got it. Yes. Sometimes I get people calling me up and like, "Hello, Mister Bignarella." I'm like, "Where the fuck do you see a B in my name?" But I'm nice. I'm a nice guy by nature, so I'm like, "No, it's Signorella." But go ahead. You're nice. I'm not. No, you, you, you're. We know you as Billy C. I'm gonna try to say your name. Let's see if I butcher your name. You think I can pronounce it? Why the hell do you think I say Billy C? I can't fucking pronounce. Calangero. It's it's in Italy. It's Calagero. But here, it, but in in the states, it's Calagero. But you were close. Giro, so it almost has, so the E comes out at the end. Because what's funny is with Italian names, guys, vowels are very important. Because if you butcher a vowel, the whole thing goes a mess. Dude, you know, and this is not a vowel, but when I was a kid growing up, like riding the bus, people like, hey, Cinderella, where's your <laughs> slipper? I'm like, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to kick your ass. One yeah, of the reasons why I start to box. Yeah, but now, now, nowadays, see, yeah, but John, that's what was part of growing up. I, I, you know, today, if somebody said that to a kid on the bus, they go home and I hate to say it, but they commit suicide. And the parents they, get sued. Yeah, they can't. No, but the kid can't take it. You don't even have to say it to the person anymore. You tweet it or you text it. And, they, and they're so crushed, they need to go see a psychiatrist. You know, I mean, we've become so socially weak. It's not even, listen, all kidding aside, it's not even funny. You know, it's 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 sad. No, I agree with you, Billy C. It's like we need, uh, we're in tough times and we need to be tougher than ever. But, you know, uh, I really appreciate you coming on today. And, and I hope to see you guys do things at Talking Boxing with Billy C., uh, more often, you know, um, you know, in the future where you guys maybe come on once a month to recap, you know, pertinent things. I mean, even for me, I shifted my show. I, I enjoy interviews. I enjoy having people on. You know, I had actors like Eric Roberts on, Steven Sharippa from Sopranos, who played a brilliant role as Bobby Bacala. You know, I, I just I started to do that prior to pandemic and then. During pandemic, I connected with these people more and more, musicians, writers, authors, football players, NFL players, Super Bowl winners. Not bragging, but it made me want to just change my format. Like, people are like, you're only doing, like, one or two boxing shows a month, Johnny. I'm like, that's all that's really necessary right now, guys, you know. And uh, I prefer more of the talk show format. And But hopefully what I'm getting at, Billy C., is that with all you guys, again, that tremendous lineup that you guys have over there dax alex sal senicola you know and emily she was great when she came on and i gotta say great find there with knowledge because she's very very sharp emily is the best she's actually the best photographer in the sport of boxing um that i've ever met and she's gorgeous and and i love emily and you know you keep doing what you're doing because we had Danny Bonaducci on and and uh Tony uh what's his name? The um uh what what's what's Tony uh oh god. But anyway, uh Snooky, you know, Tony Danza, Snooky, you know, we did the same thing and you know it's 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 cool to hear 
you know, non-boxing people talk about their love for the sport of boxing. So you keep doing that, man, because that's important. Um, you know, there's there's no doubt about that. And, and you know, I, and I, I do want to say I, I appreciate you having me on. And I also appreciate you you're recognizing what we've done because, to be honest with you, I feel that um, a lot of people don't. And I, I do feel for my diehard fans because – um, we do share a, a similar love for the sport, and and you're right that that those are the guys and and girls that you know are loyal to us and and are gonna you know really miss it you know and and every time when you know we we do have a hiatus or whatever uh, you know I get calls and emails because I'm very uh, approachable I, I I I let people you know communicate with me anytime and. Uh, you know, like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, you okay? You okay? You know, I'd say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And I, I try to explain, you know, what's going on. And, you know, they, they're just oblivious. You know, they, they just, they want that connection. And, um, you know, it, it's hard because today's fan just, they don't do it. You know, and, uh, you know, I, I would love a turnaround. I would love things to change and, and, and get us back uh, a rolling. And we'll see, but uh, but guys like you, man, you keep it going, and uh, uh, I, I would love to come on your show anytime you want. Thank you, Billy C. And I tell you what, man, like there's only a few podcasts I listen to, and you've been definitely one of the most listened to in my catalog. You know, uh, I probably keep it down to about two or three different shows. And the problem was with my podcast listening is that everyone talks about the same thing. They talk about the obvious. You guys always offer great, great points. I mean, sometimes I'm listening to Dax and I'm like, wow, this guy really looked at it from like every single angle. And then of course, Alex will do his thing. And Sal has the ring experience, you know, and Emily as a photographer, she has the eye. She's seeing things differently. If you're taking photography, you're going to see things differently. And she would talk about that. And I thought that was really expressive. Um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a very deep person, deep thinker when it comes to what people do and when I appreciate it. And that content, Billy C, that you guys have been doing is second to none. And I'd love to have you on my show anytime before you roll out one of your last shows. Please, I'm going to ask you for a favor. Bring me in. It's going to be 5 a.m., I guess. No, what? Three? You do a show at what time usually on Sunday? Well, what we've been doing now. Well, let me just say one thing about Emily. <laughs> um, I, I already said I, I love Emily. And one time. She's she was on the show and uh, she said I, I forget what fight we were talking about but she says yeah I, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna uh, let's just say it's uh, John you know she's she's gonna go uh, uh, you know take shots at you so she said yeah I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be at John's fight and and I'm gonna shoot John and I'm gonna do this and I'm like whoa 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 Emily you know she's talking about shooting Kemp. <laughs> But the way she came across, like, you know, it was just so funny. I, I, I <laughs> What are you going to go, whack my boy? <laughs> You're putting a hit on Johnny Sig? But, but, uh, but um, you know, I, the, the truth of the matter is, is, yeah, we will definitely uh, do that. And, um, um, you know, I, I'm more than, uh, more than willing to, to keep you in the loop, man. I, I might be, uh, if I come on that show, it'll probably be very early in the morning for me. So I'm just letting you know, I might be a little groggy. Might well, have a little, like, uh, after so effect it, of the night before. Yeah, well, you know, it happens. It, 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 you know, it happens to us all the time. Uh, it would be uh, pr w probably f 
5 a.m. for you. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we could we could let you sleep till, you know, maybe 5. <laughs> but, but, but the truth of the matter is, is we've been, you know, I, I had invested in a software package that um, is having some some trouble with uh, with YouTube. And, and I, I'm a YouTube partner. So um, we've been pre-recording and then we we upload. So, um, you know, yeah, yeah, you would have to get out of your feety pajamas pretty early. I'll do it. I'll do it for you, Billy C, because you know what, brother? I appreciate you doing this for me, and it, it'd be an honor to be on your show. I mean, it means a lot to me. Like, I'm a huge boxing fan, and like I said, um, you know, uh, I grew up listening to a lot of different commentators and podcasters and people that are knowledgeable that get my attention that it's almost must-hear content. And for me, anytime I see an upload from Billy C Boxing with you and your great staff, you know, I, I immediately jump on because it meant a lot and it got me through a work day. Let's face facts. There's times I'd be driving to locations or, you know, it would just distract me from what I needed to, uh, you know, I don't want to say focus on the road. I, you know, I'm not going to pull an Earl Spence over here. Oh, you know, <laughs> that was a little rough guy. Sorry. But the bottom line is it's like it would a, take me. that's like a Peter Griffin statement, right? <laughs> But, you know, at the end of the day, it would get me through my day. And um, that's what I appreciate you for, Billy C, and, and spending your time with me. Um, you know, I can't wait to catch up again, brother. Hey, I thank you very much for uh, letting me be part of your show and uh, uh, bringing me on at any time. And I will definitely keep you in the loop. And uh, we got to have you on. Maybe uh, uh, maybe sooner than later. Maybe after the Canelo fight, we'll get your thoughts. How about that? Can't can't wait. Sounds great, man. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Billy C. In touch with you, and uh, we will set up a time, and you can uh, put it in the book that uh, John Signorella will be on our show for his thoughts after Canelo and uh, Callum Smith. How about that? Can, can I get a, uh, a chow, baby? Okay. Uh, now you're asking for a lot of stuff, but uh, until next time, I'm on John's show. I'll leave you with this. Chow, baby. Take it easy.